Welcome everybody to episode two of The Spin. Today we're going to be talking about growth mindset. We'll spend a bit of time introducing what that concept is, why it's really important and what you can do to think about building a growth mindset in your own life. How did we get to round two? This is exciting. It involved Kristen doing a lot of editing. A lot of editing. (laughs) So I don't know if um, our 59 listeners... Appreciate that, that a lot of effort has gone into this by Kristen, doing a lot of um, editing. So clearly hasn't got enough else going on in his life to entertain him. Um, nope. So apologies for that. Ms. Butcher. Um, <laughs> sure there's other things that he should be doing. Um, but much appreciated. And also Kristen is also the composer of our music, our soundtrack, which I know is very well received for people, even if people did think in a couple of instances it was a bit loud. This is true. So as we get in today's episode, we'll talk about how we can uh, take feedback in a positive way. But podcast number two, we're going to get right into it to talk a bit about what the uh, the topic is. So the topic today is going to be around growth mindset. And there may be people that know what that is, and there may be people that don't know what that is. But Mark, as you've learned from the first one, is pretty good at getting statistics and definitions and things to help people understand. So you'll all learn at the end. Uh, But before we get into growth mindset discussion, we thought it'd be good to just talk through, as we prepare for the discussion today, what we learned from our first podcast, because we had a bunch of feedback, which is trying to make this one better. Um, So first and foremost, had, uh, I guess, one, thank everybody for any feedback you gave us, because we actually do take it and listen to it and try to implement it. Uh, My voice and volume sucked, so we're trying to make that better. Um, trying to get back to the the meat faster, so we will do that. So we'll try to keep it funny. We'll try to be uh, you know personable on it. We'll try to bring a bit of an HR spin into the spin, um, but we'll also try to keep moving this along so we keep it pretty tight. Perfect. See what you did there. Spin in the spin. We're gonna go very meta. Very meta. Okay. <laughs> cool. Not sure what that means, but that sounds good. I, like I will send you a link after. So maybe Kristen, is it okay if I just give a bit of a sense of what it is and you can kind of jump in or not or not okay he's nodding at me which again doesn't necessarily work on a podcast um so growth mindset was brought to life by a psychologist called carol dweck um she wrote a very uh, famous book that lots of people would have read and essentially her thought around growth mindset all came from her studying kids uh, and she was doing some tests with kids giving them a problem to solve And she observed just how differently kids reacted to that problem that they had to solve. Some people were super excited by it. They loved the fact they had a challenge. Other kids were just super frustrated. It's like, why am I doing this? What's this going to achieve? And that got her thinking about why there were differences uh, and essentially how those differences apply to different situations. And where she concluded to get to the meat um, is essentially that by having a growth mindset, that means that essentially you have the capabilities to really thrive in a world that's continuing to change at a very significant rate. Because uh, what it means is that it essentially says that you have the belief that you can continue to develop your skills uh, and you can con- continue to develop your brain power and intellect and all those sorts of great things. And that's super important in the world that we live in today, which we'll come on to talk about in a bit more detail shortly the alternative to that um, as some of you may know the alternative to a growth mindset is having what they call a fixed mindset so growth mindset is really good fixed mindset not so good so mark if we put it in uh, real sports terms with people um, who who come to mind and why do they come to mind 
well, Carol, Carol, my friend Carol, um, writes about this in a book, actually. So a good example of somebody with a fixed mindset, for those of you who remember a tennis player called John McEnroe, he'd be a great example of somebody with a fixed mindset. So again, example of somebody who was super successful, however many Wimbledon stroke tennis championships that he won. Um, but he was never in a position where he would confidently kind of learn new skills beyond that. And as many of you remember, he would get super frustrated when anybody ever kind of criticized him. And that was all about this sense of entitlement that he had and this sense of success that he had. Um, And so whilst he was successful because he had natural talent, he didn't take that to a level where he was continuing to, to build and learn new skills. Other sports personalities that you would read about, so... For those of you who are football fans, that's with the round ball, not the strange. Everyone, everyone goes next. We're going. Eric Cantona, very famous football player in the UK, French guy, super talented. Um, he would be renowned for being the first guy on the training field. The last guy to leave the training field was super committed to, to kind of training really hard. Another example would be Michael Jordan. Similarly, he would never have considered himself to have a natural talent to be the world-class basketball player that he was. So there are people who can take that growth mindset and apply it into a sporting perspective, which I think is also interesting to think about and this ability to, to really continue to learn and think about their success. So you think, well, we're not all necessarily going to be future NBA stars, but it's you, a you still concept. have time. I still have time. I, I you have I height. Have I don't have height. I think I have time. I think perhaps more likely the Eric Cantona appeals. I do play soccer every week these days. And I think my moment is coming. Actually, <laughs> I think it is literally going to be there awesome so, well, um, i'm not going to take it away from you no guys. please don't let me know when it does yeah in my mind at least what about uh so we've talked about what it looks like in, in terms of you and i as people we've talked a bit more about um athletes and how it shows up and then we what about companies what come to mind for companies yeah i think it can come to mind in companies as well and there's lots of of good research on companies that have been very successful adopting the growth mindset so one of the the most uh, written about examples would be microsoft so Microsoft under their CEO Satya Nadella would have been very um, explicit about the fact that they're going to apply a growth mindset at an organizational level to help inform their culture. And you you and I would have done a lot of work thinking about culture and leadership and all those sorts of things. So an easy thing to do, but they've been able to implement that into a whole range of different practices that they follow from a leadership perspective. As a result, they would say that a lot of their success, their value has tripled since 2014 as an organization is due to this growth mindset. So something that you can take at a very individual level, thinking about applying that at an organizational level, you know, clearly here can have, have great benefit for the economy, the organization is, and, and, and what's going on within that organization. It's really what how he would summarize it is this shift from being an, a know-it-all organization to a learn-it-all organization. So an organization that is going to be very curious about what's going on in the outside world and continue to learn is going to have a growth mindset, an organization that thinks much more, I'm a bit of a know-it-all, I'm going to be very complacent about what's going on, is going to have more of a fixed mindset. And we've seen lots of organizations like that um, that don't adapt to the changing world that we live in these days. So should I do a drum roll for an organization that doesn't do that? Well, I think there would be lots. I mean, I think one that's in the press at the moment a lot is Boeing. So Boeing would have had these horrific situations with the 737 situation and being able to really think about what as an organization's going on there to, to the, the fact that people are raising these really significant concerns about what's going on with the, the way that the planes are designed and all the faults. 
Um, but that's not getting up to the most senior levels of that organization or wasn't getting up to the most senior levels of that organization so that they actually heard that because they had this complacency or this sense of we know what's right and we know what's going on. We're going to ignore that. We're going to chase profits uh, without thinking about the fact that we do need to learn and continue to think agile. Think agile? Think agile Is that a word? I don't know, but saying agile is fun. Um, agile about stuff. <laughs> that is definitely not a word. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about what growth mindset is and how that applies to different organizations and how that applies to individuals. But I think it's interesting to think about why do we think it's so important now? So I know you've been doing a bit of studying around this, Mr. Butcher, and looked at some stats. So what stats have you got that back up why it's important these days to think about growth mindset? So we're, we're fresh into 2020, so there's not a ton of material yet, but when it relates to 2019, um, I pulled out of a kind of a, a Mercer a white hat. paper, out of the hat, the Mercer hat. Um, for folks who don't know Mercer, I guess they're like a business consulting thought leadership house. Uh, in 2019, top urgent topics for organizations, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, what are, the, what are the top three, what do you think? The top three most urgent issues for organizations. Yep. Um, talent, technology, and something else beginning with T. <laughs> Alliteration. Is that where we're temperature. going? Temperature. Temperature. <laughs> yeah. Because of global Top warming. Line growth. Top line growth. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I'm sure it's somewhere <laughs> in there. You may be right. But so um, learning yeah. came in at 37%, leadership came in at 29 and then human experience. And we're not going to pull all those apart, but it's, it's interesting that um, organizations are recognizing that. Um, not only do people need to continually learn to be satisfied in their jobs, they need it to kind of be, um, you know, diversified and innovative and, and they can't just can, like keep doing the definition of insanity, which is the same thing over and over again and expecting the world not to change. So why are they, um, why do you think, why are organizations think so much about learning? Well, one thing that comes up from a, a Deloitte kind of global, I forget what it's called now, global trends or social workforce or something like that. They talk about one of the biggest challenges is getting people to learn in kind of the flow of life. I, I try to learn in the flow of life. I don't necessarily have a tool through my company that provides me that, but I do have something called the internet. I do have something called Google and I do have something called YouTube. Right. And so, uh, did you just roll your eyes at me? No, no, I was thinking. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh my God, here oh, we go. Here we go. No, no, no. no but, was, um, so learning in the flow of life is when I come up against that challenge, you know, what can I do? Do I get flustered and then, you know, stop? Or do I find a way to kind of get through it through the tools at my disposal? And that that idea is from trying to figure out how to do a podcast to trying to figure out if someone's researched something different, differently than I'm trying to figure out and if I can find a, a quick lane to it. Um, it's not so much about the structured way of learning as much as it is finding knowing when you need to kind of leverage that tool to go find that learning at the moment to get you through that challenge to then kind of be able to, you know, get to the next step of what you're trying to do. So what is it that in your own situation kind of ensures that you have the growth mindset around things? I think it's a natural curiosity. I think okay. it's, uh, so I think for sure curiosity, I probably always had that. Um, but I also... I don't know how you can't today is probably the easiest way to say it. Like, I, I don't know how you can't choose to want to learn more. If you're not seeking to understand, if you're, and if you're not having interesting challenges in your life, it's, you know, I, 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 I would say I thrive. I'm at my 
my happiest place, even though it can be difficult, is typically when I'm building something, typically when there's a level of ambiguity, typically when there isn't a blueprint, and I think that I can figure it out as good or potentially even better than somebody else if I just put enough time and effort into it. I think the question we're trying to grapple with is why why is that so important these days? And you touched on the fact that there's lots of learning going on in organizations and organizations are thinking differently about why or how they get that to people. Um, but I think if you step back from that second, it's like, well, why is learning so important in organizations? And I think you'd agree that a lot of that is driven by just the fact that jobs are changing so significantly in organizations sure. and so much technology and automation and all those other different um, kind of changes that we're seeing, which are requiring people to to learn um, and, and gain new skill to ensure that they continue to be relevant. So having that growth mindset is going to hopefully ensure that people are going to have a level of long-term employability, you might argue. Yeah, and uh, and so I have another stat here around, back to that Mercer uh, white paper, three in five companies in 2019 plan to automate. And automate could be automate a little it could be automated a lot but who knows and if anyone does any research on things like skills obsolescence or like that's a big word i know i had to like make sure i said it right it's good. phonetics um if you're not evolving and you're not changing and you're not willing to kind of um take ownership of the fact that you know you either have a long career of growing or you're going to potentially get stagnant and then over time potentially obsolete that's all within your your control and your grasp yeah so the technology changing I think that the, the other side of the coin of that is also that we know that we're living longer, which is a good thing. So yeah. our careers are potentially longer. So if you believe the stats that we're going to live 10 years older than our parents, sorry, mom and dad, and our kids are going to live 10 years older than us, then you're lucky kids, you're lucky welcome. kids, um, then it means you're going to have to have more careers and have more skills and continue to learn. There's a, a kind of really... Uh, kind of no nice quote that um, Linda Gratton talks about who wrote 100 year life and she talks about rather than recreation it's about recreation so this idea of being able to continue to learn new skills is really important which again is another great example of having a growth mindset so thinking about what's going on in organizations the fact that roles are changing thinking about that you're going to be living a lot longer which is a great thing but you want to continue to be relevant are all great reasons to think about having a, a kind of growth mindset that's going to be uh, something that's going to stand you in good stead we've touched on why it's important for organizations so the next natural question feels about well how do i develop a growth mindset exactly. we've given our own kind of examples around that perhaps and given a bit of a sense and there's a a long list of things it's it's a lot of mindset stuff unsurprisingly it's about how you um kind of frame things so the first one is around um seeing challenges as opportunities so we've touched on that. It's the, the the reaction that the kid had to the puzzle or the problem they had to solve. They just saw it as something that was super exciting. So I don't know if you, I'm not particularly into these things, but I don't know if you're into escape rooms, but if you take a bunch of people to a, an escape room, like that, yeah. I wonder whether that's a good example of working out whose growth mindset versus fixed fix mindset. And what um, do you end up doing? Um, what do I end up doing? I end up watching people and figuring out who's got a growth mindset and who's got a fixed mindset I think. <laughs> very judging in the sure, corner yeah, I'd be judging the corner <laughs> if you place. haven't done an escape room your homework is to go and yeah, do an go escape room pad the pockets and some escape it. room there's yep. some really good ones in Toronto okay so that's the first one so think about things as an opportunity 
Another one um, which I've spent a lot of time thinking about recently, just based on kind of where I am at in my professional life, is this sense of having a clear sense of purpose. So that's another really good way of ensuring that you have a good growth mindset. So by purpose, it's kind of why you're here, what's your role in life, which I know, again, sounds a bit philosophical, rolling my own eyes now. I'm like, is this an existential crisis? Because if this is happening right now, I'm going to pull my video camera. (laughs) I want to see it all. (laughs) So I think having a clear sense of purpose is important. Um, And that can be really simple. It can just be how you go about kind of living your life. I read something the other day uh, and somebody's purpose was just around being easy, not easy in a kind of inappropriate, sleazy type way, um, but be easy as in be easy to deal with and be easy to interact with. The third one um, <laughs> that comes up is thinking about things, again, back to learning, not failing. Yeah. So this idea of I'm not, I'm learning something. It's not whether I fail at this or whether I succeed. It's just about the fact I'm learning. Um, my final bit of advice, yep. so in terms of a good tip to take away, is um, language can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. So the word yet, introducing the word yet into your vernacular, which is a word I like to use quite frequently, vernacular that is, not yet, um, is super helpful. So I mentioned earlier that I can't play the guitar like you do. Yet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not as good at tennis as John McEnroe. Yet. Yeah, see? So it works quite well. So just introducing that word is another helpful way. So the top tips are think about challenges as opportunities. Make sure you have a clear sense of purpose. Think about learning, not failing. And then introduce the word yet into your vernacular. And actually introduce the word vernacular into your vernacular. And there we have it. That's a wrap of episode two of The Spin. We hope you enjoyed learning about growth mindset and wish you luck in implementing some of the things discussed today. Please stay tuned for future episodes and we'll talk to you soon.